Hey guys, I'm Chris. And I'm Mike. And welcome back to this week's No Limits, the Scott Harvath Podcast. How you doing this week, Mike? Hey, I'm doing good. And I'm just curious, did you get a chance to hear either of the interviews with Andrews and Wilson that dropped on the No Limits Thriller podcast feed? I did. I did. You you have a way with interviews, Mike. I, I don't know. I, I'm a little jealous when I'm not on the interview, um, but you're, you're really good. So you're, you're definitely the engine that drives this podcast. I'm I'm the tugboat or I'm the I'm the car that that, that you drag along. Uh, but yeah, no, that, that what I I'm so uh, we were actually just talking before we started recording about we got to line up the next book we're going to read. And, you know, we were talking, sort of saying, oh, we should go back to Savage Sun. But I I definitely want to hit one of those Andrew and Wilson books because I've only read tier the first tier one book. Yeah. Yeah. In the Dempsey series. And there's a new one in that series, Dempsey, for pre-order available now. But, dude, their other two series, in my opinion, even blow that out of the water. The Shepherd series. Yeah, you Sons were, of you Valor. were glowing about the Shepherd series. Dude. Oh. Absolutely. Don't even get me started. Sons of Valor. That episode just dropped recently. And guys, you know how we do the scorecard for the Brad Thor books here on the Brad you, Thor you pod? Just, you just went and, and got one off without me. I I had to do a solo scorecard. Yeah. So Sons of Valor 2, the, the second book in the Sons of Valor series, it got high marks. I'm just going to put it that way. I went solo. I apologize to you, Chris. I said, I hope you don't mind. It's okay. I, it's okay. The book was so good. I, I had to pull out the scorecard because I was flirting with a perfect 50 out of 50 for that book. So if you want to hear what score I gave it, how highly I rated that one. There are spoilers, though. So our Sons of Valor 2 episode with Andrews and Wilson, we go deep into spoilers. But, man, do I recommend picking up. Sons of Valor 1 and 2 by Brian Andrews and Jeff Wilson. Yep, yep. So, yeah, we we got we have, we have a lot we have to figure out in the future, December. Um, but today, we're back in Harvath land. And boy, do we have a book to talk about. I don't know about you, Mike, but I'm excited about this one. We're coming off a, a pretty powerful book oh, yeah. in, in Takedown. And, you know, both me and you... Highly enjoyed it. We thought the you know the first half we, it was riding high, and then the second half really kicked it into gear. And again, you know, we're sort of going back to our roots, where we're flying by the seat of our pants and only reading half the book. Not we're not yeah. flying by the seat of our pants. I'm I'm I jest, but I think I like this only reading the first half of the book, talking about it because one, we haven't read these in a long time. Yes, I haven't. Yeah. I, I actually read the Scott Harvest series first before I completed the the mid-trap series so like when we had started that podcast i was way farther along in that one so it's you know it's almost like i'm rereading these but i mean they come back to me but man first commandment book number six scott harvest series it's it's got pretty high ratings on both goodreads and amazon 4.2 goodreads 4.7 on amazon and i, I don't know what, what did you think about uh about this book yeah just like you i actually am flying by the seat of my pants because I, you texted me, what do you want to cover? What what chapter? And you're already up into the 70s. I'm like, I don't think I'm going to get much past 60, which is roughly the halfway point. So just a few hours ago, I, I only finished chapter 60. So that's all we're covering today. I liked it. I 
well, I'm really happy actually about a few moves Brad is making. One of them is to pick up right with Tracy Hastings. I mean, yes. first couple of chapters or in the hospital, her parents are there and just, I feel Scott's pain. And I don't think Scott Harveth has been that emotional of a character yet in that his relationships were somewhat fleeting. You know, they kind of, he, he definitely didn't like losing, uh, what was her name? Meg Cassidy. But when they moved on, it was like, they're both professionals. They have a job to do. It's not really working out. And, it and same with really, Claudia. And the same with Claudia. Right. So neither of those breakups, if you will, really pulled at your heartstrings or he hasn't really suffered tragedy in that deep visceral way that some of the other characters, you know, that we read in thriller bo- thriller books have. So I think this book is really hitting on that personal edge. And man, once we get into the attacks and the motivations behind the attacks, this book gets personal. And I think that's even one of the lines in the book is the the villain wants to make it personal. And I think that's been missing in the Scott Harvest series. And this book is absolutely going into Scott's psyche and, and what he's going through. Yeah. And just to touch on like his relationship with, with Tracy, I, you know, I feel like we actually got more book time more more page time with his relationship with both Claudia and Meg Cassidy. than we have his relationship with Tracy, but I buy in to this yes. relationship and I feel for him way more with this relationship. Maybe it's because, although I did like Claudia as, as a character, um, and but I did not like Meg as a character. Yeah, but I I, I like Tracy, and I just I guess I feel yeah. for her story. I like the character development. You know, that was one of the best parts of Takedown was the ca- ca- all the characters were fully yes. well fully developed, and so maybe that's why I'm buying into this early on way yeah. more. And yeah, like you said, it's getting personal. I, I like that one. So we mentioned we're going up to chapter 60. There's 125, 124 chapters in this book, but it's, they're super, like super quick pace. And so you, yes. you can see where it's a longer book, right? Than the most recent one we've read, but it kind of has that very similar pace that tri- the rising tiger has, but just with a little bit more meat. And I like it. I'm digging it. You know, it's, it's very, the reason I got up to chapter 70, I, I was full and well ready to stop it at 62 or whatever we had agreed on, but I just couldn't, I couldn't stop listening. It, I was engaged. I was, we, we were getting to that part of the book where I was like, All right, I need to know. I need to know more. I need yeah. to know more. I sense there's a turn coming somewhere around the halfway point that the story's going to kick into gear. And yeah, you can just feel it. Yeah. It's, it's there. It's, I'm kind of on the edge wanting to keep going into it. I, although I wouldn't say this one is exactly a page turner. It's not, I think, the most action-packed up front in terms of bang, bang, bang. We're going from one thing to the next thing, and it's nonstop. It almost is a slow burn, and this setup, I'm here for it, and I'm enjoying these teases, but I am left wondering, is this book just a little bit slow to develop and get to the point? I mean... We've got a lot of storylines. I think I wrote down about seven or eight different storylines happening at yeah, once. There's, there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. I know they're going to all have payoff, but there's a few of them I have questions about if they're just developing too slowly and lingering. And that's something we'll get into. I, I don't know if all the storylines have my full attention, but the ones that do are really good. And 
like we talked about, that's Tracy in the hospital with her parents, her recovery. Uh, that's the Gitmo uh, detainees who were released. I just my brain is firing questions. Who, where, why? We know the president's involved in that. And I, I'm enjoying a lot of these dynamics. Yeah. yeah. Maybe it's just because of recency bias, but were you getting any terminalist vibes in mm-hmm. the beginning of reading this? You know, this guy who, not that he had his wife killed, but he has, you know, his, his I guess, girlfriend almost potentially killed. And then he has his, his mother targeted. And then his, you know, his, his coach is Olympic coaches. And then we're, we're going to jump to, I think we get to the part where some of his ex-colleagues are, are, are going to be injured. And so, you know, a lot of, a lot of portions of his life are being, you know, interrupted or, or un, un, unfortunate things are happening. And yet he's being shut out. He can't, he, he is not supposed to take any action on this, but then he feel he has to, he has to be the one man wrecking crew going around, you know, killing people, getting information, doing whatever. It's obviously not a one-to-one correlation, but I was just, I was getting a little bit of, a little bit of terminalist vibes. You know, I hadn't thought about it that way. I think the way you explained it, I, I definitely see it. it. It's very different. Although, I, I, I did wonder that too. While this book is getting very personal, I wouldn't say I feel like James Reese felt. I mean... That yeah. utter world collapsing, losing everything. Like, I'm actually surprised, especially with Scott's mother, when she was attacked. And it was a very strange attack. I, I want to ask you about this biblical theme going on and this idea of the, the locust or the ten plagues of it's Egypt. A, I, I think that's a, that's, a, that's a Thorism. You know, it's like it's taking yeah. – it's something very similar. I guess maybe maybe it's more closely related to, like, a consent to kill. In terms of Louis Gould in the attack on Anna, trying to take everything away from Mitch, and then Mitch has to go, you know, find the killer, whatever. I think yeah, it's closer to that in terms of the plotting, but in the sense that it's like Brad couldn't can't just have that. He has to throw. He he always has to throw in one. Obviously, right. locations we're we're going all over the place again. Oh, we are. Yeah, and and two, it's like that little bit of historical. Fiction, a historical or or faction, you know, like an, yes. an added element that he likes to throw on, like the the fossils, Hannibal, like, like the archaeology stuff. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's I think what it's interesting. He is uh, that was Path? Path of the Assassin. No, no, the that, one that was this, the the one that I, I, blowback. I, yes, blowback. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think it's stuff that he's interested in that he likes to throw in there. Again, he's also a huge military historian, so we get callbacks to the. You know, oh, he kills the one of the masterminds the of, of the Beirut, but or the, yeah, the Beirut attack. Like that I love was a really cool, really cool connection. I love learning, or love. Well, I, obviously, it's a very solemn uh, event in, in history, but I I like when these authors, you know, I think Vince, Kyle, as well as uh, Jack, put these things in there, and then it it sort of piques your curiosity. And it, 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 it forces you to maybe want to go look that up and read a little bit more about that and, and you know, get more in tune with your history um, or, you know, military history. And I, I like that in, in my novels. Yeah, I like that, too. And, and I like how it's brought in because we knew from the end of the last book, Takedown, 
that Tracy Hastings killer had beef with Scott. There was that cliffhanger of like, this was an enemy from Scott's past. Right. And, and each of the attacks has that, that message. What is it? That, which is uh, taken by blood or, or something. What is that? Has to be given given in blood. Yeah. That taken in blood, that, which was taken in blood will be given back in blood. And so I think that theme, I'm kind of wondering who is this person from his past? How does it connect? And what did he do? And towards the halfway point of this book, we get the reveal that Scott took out one of the masterminds of the Beirut attack on the Marines. And now the handler who handled the bomb maker is the guy Scott has to track down because he's using the same alias that the guy he killed was using. And so he knows it's a handler recycling the alias. I like how the historical connection isn't there just to teach the reader something. I think that's important and I like it, but it's teaching the reader something while it's also informing Scott's battle with the villain. So it's not just this tidbit we'll throw out there. It's a tidbit in Scott's life. It's not external to the plot. Right. And I think that, you know, we're, we're meant to, to believe that, oh, maybe this handler, because we know that our, our assassin, this Philippe Roussard has a handler. So we're meant to believe, oh, maybe this guy was running both the Jordan, the Syrian that Scott ends up killing as well as Roussard. But then immediately right after that, we find out that, oh, no, there's actually another handler. So it's like there's these little like mysteries, like you said, these plot lines that are trying to grab you. And I, I do I would agree that like some of them are like the whole Baltimore reporter thing. Like, I, I yeah, I, I don't know where that's going. I mean, I, I guess I guess I kind of know where I can see where that's going. Like it's something that the president is involved with. But the payoff has to be there for that one. Yeah, that's I, I what I meant. So. Like. The Baltimore. We, we were kind of saying the same thing with takedown with Globe, with takedown because like yeah. in the beginning there was there was all these these plot lines and you know it did pay off and I guess that we'll have to he find out if if he does it again. Yeah, he really stuck the landing there. And then another like really on the nose was there's a code word I think Director Vale, the CIA director, uses with the president like Operation Blank Blank whatever it was, and that reminded me in takedown. We heard about Operation Driftwood or whatever it was. We never knew what that was. It it was never even really totally revealed, but it slowly unraveled in the second half of the book. So I'm hoping whatever Vale and the president are up to with these Gitmo detainees being released and their plan to track them failing. It sounds like there's another layer here. And the FBI moved this body out of a morgue and, and took it to Charleston it's, I, it's so confusing. It's like this reporter's on the beat. And so I'm hoping whatever this reporter and the SWAT guy are uncovering about the police moving this body, it was a police involved shooting, yet the body is moved. And I don't get it. I, like, I'm lost with that. And I know Brad's going to give us the payoff. I just don't like being stuck in the middle, if I'm being honest with you. Because yeah. that, that storyline doesn't, it doesn't, it hasn't got me yet. It hasn't hooked me. It'll be there. Yeah. So I, I want to circle back to something I think you were, you were starting to say about. You know the attack on his mom. Uh, so I, maybe maybe remember the gun. So we we have the attack on Tracy, and at the end of the last book, we were meant to believe that maybe maybe Nicholas was was involved, or like I guess Scott more so thinks that maybe Nicholas is involved because of this dog that was dropped off. Yeah. We as the reader knew that it was it was someone else, and in the beginning of this novel, Scott you know has to has to tango with the troll. 
yeah. uh, with some help the from chat room. Va- with with Valhalla. Like the the, the Valhalla scenes with, with Tim Finney and in the Sargasso facility, like all, all that stuff was pretty cool. Like yeah. just like describing it because like this was also cool. You know, this was something that he brought up before in the last book. How Scott was thinking about going to take a job at this place, and then boom, in the next novel we get to go to this place. It's like it's not something that was just you know touched on, and we never get to you know hear from about it again. I really, really like that. So both that and the book picking up with Tracy in the hospital and the shooting, it's connecting the two books, and I think this is the first time we've seen Brad really draw that deep a connection between the books, and then Valhalla, yeah. We knew Scott was talking about getting out. He has friends there who started this training facility. And just even going there, it was some of my favorite writing in this book. He and Finney and and, and the crew taking care of one another, looking out for each other. It's starting to show a little bit of that team mentality that I've been missing. Scott and his boys. And it's just a lot of fun. And then when he goes into that chat room. I was on edge. I was like, this is the meeting. This is the the troll and Scott meeting the clash of minds. They're going to play this game back and forth. And in the meantime, they're, they're kind of allies. I think where we're left here is that Scott's pissed because he's interrogating one of the terrorists who tells him there were five Gitmo detainees released. The troll only gave him the names of four, which we know the troll withheld one, the other on purpose. And I just think the way the two are on a collision course, but it's also an amicable collision course, if you will, where they have to work together. And we know that they are going to work together in the future. So we know their relationship in the future. I'm really enjoying watching that play out right now, just in a chat room. But they did have a phone call as well. So they actually got to hear each other's voices. And I love that these steps are being taken and they're happening with Tim Finney and crew. I just am having a lot of fun with that, that storyline. Yeah. I, I actually thought about this as I was reading that you can see the beginning forming, even though we haven't even met the Carlton group, but you can see like maybe Brad's like thinking of like how I want to place him back in a team, you know, like yeah. I, I've taken him away from the secret service. He's been kind of on this, you know, solo journey with just him and uh, Gary as, you know, his handler, but I want to I want to involve a team again. I, I like how Scott 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 plays nice with like these secondary characters. You know, we saw it in the last book when you have interesting, you know, buddies come together. Scott, you know, Scott does play well alone, but then I, I like the dynamic that he can play off off of some of the people. Yeah, and there's actually another layer here that, oh my god, when I saw this coming, I was really really upset. It's almost a tertiary character. It's almost like a third and a fourth level character. Kate Palmer. Yeah. When I heard about her and her name came up, walking with Carolyn, who I think was in the last book. I think Carolyn was the one that Chuck Anderson pulled in. Yep. To and and the she's Oval the one office. that Scott calls at the beginning of the book to, to talk to the president. Yep. yep. Scott calls her to, to pull in a favor to connect him to the president. So Carolyn's like this fourth tier. And I would say Kate Palmer is like a third tier character because she's been around since Lions of Lucerne, I think. She was on the Secret Service team in the mountains on the ski trip. Yeah, She was the reason that he knew about the chocolate, right? Yes, 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 yes. And I love those dynamics. 
So when I knew she was about to die and when they saw that dark man and said he almost looks Italian and then he pretended to be Italian, I'm like, no, that's how he was described earlier. The assassin, he can blend in looking Italian with his dark skin. I'm like, oh, no, I knew she was dead. I was so disappointed in it. And then I knew this book is taking out Scott's friends. He doesn't even know about this one yet where I left off. So I'm like, he just found out about the Utah, excuse me, the, uh, the ski team, which his coaches were his old ski partners, which is tying back to his backstory. I, I really, really am in awe of how Brad is tugging on these loose ends, these little bits that he dropped throughout the first four or five books. And they're really coming home and, and, affecting scott in personal ways i'm having a lot of fun with that i i don't think she's dead oh she that's right they right so if if we go through the he's going through the plagues in order and so i think he said the next one would be boils so i think it because it, yep. it's on the skin i think it has something i she she might be dead i, I don't i can't remember no you're right is. that chapter ends with her life will never be the same after she rubbed the perfume on herself so yeah right. you're right i think she's gonna survive but take some really bad damage but when we were going to utah i thought for sure like i I could because i can't remember if we ever see like skip trawick and the other like doctor ever again so i was wondering if if he was going to die it ended up being his 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 coaches so the whole time i'm thinking i'm like oh no fuck like is this when we lose like like trawick and and the other guy from from lions and and the the next book I haven't thought about them yet. How dare you do that to me? I was like, <laughs> no, they're not going to go after those guys. Yeah. I knew it was the ski team. I, I knew it was going to be some of his colleagues and or his mentor from the ski team because I was like, why is he in Utah? Why is he watching aerials? And I'm like, oh, Scott probably knows the ski team folks from when he skied. And I was like, damn it. They got me again. The one that was interesting was his mother's death because – you know, while we said it's getting a little more personal, I felt that like when Scott was there, it was the the writing was a little cold. Agreed, agreed. M- maybe he just doesn't have the best relationship with his mom. Although it doesn't like seem like that relationship is strained. It just like it didn't hit as hard as you know Scott in the hospital with Tracy. And, you know, I maybe agree. he's just having he's having trouble because he is dealing with Tracy as well. But it just it read a little cold to me. And I think that I thought that maybe that's where you were going earlier when you, when you brought it up. No, that's a hundred percent where I was going earlier. I, I'm like, my first reaction, I think it was Gary who drops that it was Maureen, his mom, and and tells him over the phone about that. If I'm if I'm not mistaken, I was ready for him to just go fucking ape shit. I right. thought we were gonna see Scott Harvath lose his damn mind when they go after his mother and. It was kind of a tempered response. It was almost a solemn response. He, I don't think he really had that. Like, like I wanted to see him literally rip doors off of walls and throw desks. And, you know, because I think a lot of us might, you know, we'd have a lot of grief, but we'd have a whole lot of anger if it gets that personal. And, and I don't know if I see that fire burning in Scott, you know, on the page, how it's written. Uh, maybe he's overwhelmed. Maybe he's more in control of himself as an operator. But I just thought it would be natural to see a little more rage. Or maybe maybe that's why he has all his interrogation techniques once he's hunting down guys in Mexico and in, in Jordan. So maybe him just, you know, 
using a power drill to screw into a guy's knee or insert pepper spray into his uh, wife's you know, ear. a terrorist wife's ear canal. Maybe that's his version of super rage, but I wanted to see a little more. You're right. It was cold. Yeah. You know, one, I guess to his credit, he's not, she's not dead. So I guess it, it maybe be different if, if he had killed her and two, I think maybe he's just in shock because he's processing Tracy being in a coma. Now his mother, what the hell next is going to happen? The president won't let me do anything. Because, you know, his rage, like you said, his rage does come out later. Like w- the interrogation with, with Palmera, which I, I want to get to that because that, that, yeah. we eventually find out what happened there. But in reading that scene, I was so confused. I actually texted you and I was like, wait, what the fuck happened with this? And you're like, oh, I hadn't got that there, got there yet. Let, let, let me, uh, let me get there. And I had to, I read it or I listened to it like four times and I still didn't quite understand how he died. And then eventually we, Maybe that's just another one of those, as this is a more of a mystery novel, you know, techniques that, that Brad was trying to do to, to make you not fully understand the situation during yeah. during it. Yeah, I want to get to Mexico. And the way the Mexico storyline culminates, it was strange. So you had said, hey, how does this guy die? What What happens with him? And I was like, Uh, I haven't gotten there. So when I read it, let me see if I get it or if I'm confused too. And then I read it and I said, wait, what? I was like, I am just as confused as you. Yeah, so he's got this guy tied up and he's going after this one because he's one of the terrorists with his name on the list from the troll who was released from Gitmo. Turns out that he's in Mexico. And he's in Mexico, right. Which is like closest to Coronado. Yeah, yeah. So whoever got them out completely as soon as they cleared cuban airspace did a full blood transfusion so they wouldn't have the radioisotope in them anymore so whoever was releasing these guys and it sounds like the president was on board and we were going to track them to see where they go that failed that was out the window someone was a leak who let you know the bad guys know this radioisotope needs to be purged from their body so scott follows this guy into Queretro. And dude, you know what the first thing have you do you remember this story in Mexico? There was a soccer match between Queretro and Atlas. Two teams. Oh, last year, right? Dude, there was like this or massive this riot. I think it was yeah, earlier yeah. it was last season. So I, so I think earlier yeah, earlier this, this year. In twenty twenty two. Dude, I knew nothing else about Queretro, but I knew from that story that this place is like this is a rough place. 17 people died in a soccer stadium riot between teams that essentially were like cartels and the fans were these super hooligans. I just remember seeing pools of blood around people laying out in the concourse of the soccer stadium. Shit. But dude, the officials, this is what made it worse. The officials declared no one died. And you literally had news reports of dead people laying in a soccer arena. It was bananas and the official uh, reports out of mexico and the local authorities was no one died a couple of injuries and they like completely tried to cover this thing up even though the footage was everywhere and there was just another layer of corruption apparently the police locked the stadium in so they basically just corralled it and said you guys brawl in there and didn't do anything i think they just stayed on the outskirts and it was like this whole disaster so 
that pretty much defines the region that Scott is operating in and has to go find this guy. I, I think it's a bit chaotic, to say the least. Definitely. Yeah, and, you know, there were some interesting scenes here with, you know, Scott having to take out the, or his Tim Finney having to take out the dogs. And yeah, there, you, you know, seeing Scott in action is, is cool, you know. Him starting the interrogation. Obviously, eventually we find out that this guy it's is a dead end. Is a one, it's a dead end. And two, he he sort of draws Scott in, headbutts him, runs out the window, and when he runs out or runs out the front door, or whatever, and then gets hit by a taxi and dies. And I liked how Scott took his boots and we find out the reason he took his boots oh. is his, the boots were like he wanted oh. to get rid get get rid of those fucking boots because they, they were it had Tons. something to do with the oh they're from the tongues of the soldiers he killed. Yeah. Oh my he took like the tongues of all the Americans that he murdered. Like brought them to like a leather what do you call it? A leather worker, not a cobbler, but uh what's the word blacksmith? for a leather worker? Is it a blacksmith? No. We gotta look this one up. I, I gotta look this one up. What do you call a leather worker? What is a leather worker called? <laughs> a saddler? Cobbler shoot. Oh yeah, well it is a cobbler because he's a making cobbler. the boots out of it. Yeah. A tanner. That's a the tanner. word I was looking for. Yeah, yeah, yeah I was looking tanner. for a tanner. Yeah, but this dude makes his boots out of the tongues, which then is going to trip off the Americans when Director Vale and the CIA are like trying to make sense of this, and the president wants to know if Scott is responsible because he told him to stand down. Well, they know Scott's responsible because he took the boots, and yep. that's a symbol of you know you fucked with America. You know, I'm coming for you. And so now the president. Okay, let me ask you this. Not to move away from Mexico. I think that scene was good. Mm -hmm. I think you're right. It wrapped up. I wouldn't have known that this guy headbutted Scott. Like Scott just blacks out. Like he says there was like a crack of like wood. It sounded like wood splitting, like this massive crack. And then all of a sudden the guy's out the window and gets hit by a taxi. I was like, yeah, and, he, and he hears tire squeals. So I was like, wait, yeah. did, did a car just run through the fuck? I, I, this is how, when I, I read it, it through the house. I thought a car went through the house and took him out while Scott was interrogating him in a chair. That's and what I was I like, thought. holy shit, what the fuck? <laughs> out of nowhere, I was like, who drove this car into the house? And uh, it made no sense. Yeah. I, okay. So maybe that is just one of those it didn't work you know move on because i i still don't get that scene it was very chaotic and strange but what was the point i was going to make okay all this leads to the president having to be a bit more aggressive in getting scott to stand down now i know brad likes taking us on a journey and he is the master and this will wrap up in a way that i'm okay with but right now I'm kind of pissed at Rutledge. Oh, me too. How, me too. How is Rutledge expecting Scott to be sidelined? How is he not giving him any more than you got to trust me? It's best for the country. Scott deserves way more. And and just a few chapters ago in the end of Takedown, the president gave him the house and was like, we owe you such a debt of gratitude. This is just a small way of saying thank you for your, your service. And here we have the president sidelining sidelining him, and what I think is building to the president actually putting out a hit on Scott when he won't stay out of the picture. I'm like, is that where this is building to? Does the president actually want to remove Scott Harveth? And 
uh, to me that that might be an unforgivable if that's what's going on. I, and I'm just in the dark, maybe not having finished the rest of the book, but a big question I'm taking into the second half next week when we talk is President Rutledge stooping to a new low. Is is, is he going to be forgivable for what he's doing here? I don't know what's going on. Well, essentially, he said that he's committing treason and that this Omega team, uh, CIA operatives, is sent to kill him dead or alive. Dead or alive. Dude, that – I don't know if that sits well with me. So this is – that's where I was also getting Terminalist vibes where like you know the SEAL team is sent in to take out another SEAL dead or alive. But also it harkens back to some – I'm blanking on the Mitrap novel – where I believe, oh wow, wow. yeah, I always get the I, president is messed up. Alexander, I, I think it was Alexander. He had to take out a hit on rap. Yeah, had to take out a hit on. But rap he was forced to. That was a was, little yeah, different. He was forced to. Yeah, he didn't so. want to though. Uh, to me, that's the difference. If I recall, Alexander was a situation where he was able to essentially tell rap, the American government's going to have to come after you with all of its might, but hide, lay low, like just like. Let it pass. And even Rap and Kennedy, I think, realized America had to posture that way. I think it was something with the Pakistanis and nukes or whatever. And and people had thought Rap was the bad guy. And like while Irene worked to clear his name, everyone agreed we just have to do this and say America's doing this. I th- I thought for Alexander, you know, that's like a give him a pass, doing what he had to do. Rutledge, it seems to indicate that there's some shady stuff going on. And the fact that he says Scott committed treason sends a CIA paramilitary team after him. To me, that's a whole nother level. Yeah. And he actually intends to kill him as far as we know so far. It's almost like, why wouldn't you just read Scott in? Especially when you, when, when you, now that you know, we're, we're three. He, cause that's after the third attack, right? Mm -hmm. That he, you know, it's easy to connect that our first they go after Tracy, then they go after Scott's mom, and now they're going after his old teammates. Scott's gonna be involved with this, you know, till the end. This guy's going after Scott. So one, why wouldn't you want why wouldn't you want to have Scott involved and use him as bait, you know, draw this guy out? There's gotta be something. There has to be. If you have to read it in on it and be like, all right, once I tell you this, you 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 may think differently of me, you know, because that is one of the biggest things. We don't negotiate with terrorists. So why did we release these five guys? What the fuck would have scared uh, Rutledge so much that he risked putting... And these aren't like just your run-of-the-mill They're bad prisoners. Dudes. They're bad hombres. These are, <laughs> They're bad these are, hombres. These are bad dudes who have killed many Americans. We're talking yeah. about someone who, while not directly involved is his mentor was in charge of the Beirut attack. We're talking right. about a cartel leader who was sent over to Iraq to train people to torture military and Americans that were captured or whatever. And Roussard's the sniper. He's Juba. Yeah. We know that Roussard is is this crazy-ass sniper who has hundreds of confirmed kills, right? So who knows who the other two fucks are? <laughs> Like, they're bad guys. We haven't even gotten there yet. But hold on. We're saying this, and I'm agreeing with you. We're we're on the same page. But don't we have to trust Brad? 
Like, hasn't he told us we we can trust him? There's no way he's going to have the president issue that order. And the president and director Vale just go, haha, let's sneak around Scott Harveth and ignore him and leave him out and now actually try to kill him. Let's release all these guys. The radioisotope thing could not have been the only, you know, backup plan. There had to be an ace in the hole. Shouldn't we trust Brad that there this is going to work out? Like, I thought the president, Rutledge, was built up to the point where if he says, Scott, I can't tell you anything. You got to do this thing. I need you to do it. And this is what's best for America. Aren't we the reader? And isn't Scott in a place where we say, yes, sir. Like, I don't think Rutledge has been built up to be a sleazeball who's going to turn on Scott at any second. Yet, boom, that's what he did. He turned on him. So there's got to be, got to be something deeper. There's got to be a payoff here. And if there isn't, I'm I'm going to be pretty disappointed in this book, to be honest with you, if, if, if that payoff isn't there. Yeah, I think that that would be the biggest disappointment if whatever the terrorists are threatening is not, it, it has to be fucking catastrophic. It has to be something that would force Rutledge to go out of character. You know, something that we, we've seen him now, he owes Scott his life. Exactly. He owes Scott his daughter's life, like multiple right. times, multiple times. Yeah. He owes Scott saving the entire United States being saved from a nuclear bomb that was literally on the doorsteps of the Potomac River, you know? Yeah. So the fact that you have this American hero who, yeah, he doesn't like to play by the rules all the time, but which American hero doesn't? You're going to turn on him like that? It has to pay off. It has to pay off. It does. But we'll see. And it- we'll see. It doesn't have to be an attack. I, I'm not saying Rutledge has to be kind of threatened or blackmailed here into why he's making these decisions. But somehow, and I don't see it. And again, this is why we trust in Brad. I don't see it. But somehow Scott finding these five terrorists and spooking them or killing them or interrogating them is going to unravel a plan that is actually going to be ultimately good for you know our intelligence apparatus so i just don't know what that is like why is it that scott not tracking these guys scott letting all of his close friends family and everything he loves crumble and you still continue to tell him don't do anything about it what what can be the greater play like not i'm scared they're going to attack us if scott does something but what possibly could Rutledge and Vale be doing that says there's a greater play than you going after these guys and stopping these attacks? I I, I don't see a move there. Well, what, what were they doing in takedown with gathering all that information? You know, like it's that they wouldn't tell Scott about that either. They, someone almost killed freaking Gary Gary Lawler over it, right? He killed his his teammate because he was going to expose it. You know, so yeah, it's probably the biggest question that we have going into the second half. Yeah. Is it the troll? And is the troll yeah, going to be the half to one? Is he going to be the one to put the pieces together? I feel like right now that's what it's seeming like. It, there's obviously a connection between him and the fourth, the fifth name on the list. There, there, yeah. Why else would he not tell Scott he about was this fifth name? Yeah. Because he probably, I think he, the troll instinctively probably knows that this fifth name is the one who is doing this so like why why is he stringing scott along 
and even I think it's even suggested that maybe the troll even knew because he had a private eye on the house, you know, to drop off the the dog in the very beginning. So maybe he caught a glimpse of someone else there tracking it. He also knew about the blood. The troll was the one to fill in Scott all about the isotope was in the lamb's blood. It was also on traces of the blood left on your mother after her attack. So the troll has some, I don't know, some like omniscience about how these attacks are being organized. And we know I love every time he's brought up and his backstory is given. The troll doesn't just see the power in information because that's the trope, right? You know, knowledge is power. But the troll sees the power is successfully being able to navigate the data, to use the data to your advantage, to manipulate it, to spot the trends and know how and when to put the pieces together. I love how that's always brought up as the troll's real secret. Not that he has the knowledge, but that he knows how to piece the knowledge together in an advantageous way, which leads me to believe his expertise is what the Valhalla boys are going to have to bring into the fold. This chat room where it's been somewhat antagonistic and neither side is fully showing their cards. I feel like once the troll and Scott and Valhalla show all their cards, that's when they can stand up to the president and Vale and say, bro, we got to be we got to be in this together because we know these things. Nobody knows what the thing and do the things relate to the FBI Charleston body snatching out of the morgue thing, the fake evidence. Right. It's got to relate to that somehow. So, yeah, lots of mysteries going on here. Yeah, this one's reading more like a mystery novel. Like it's it's yeah. very maybe that's why I was I was gripped with the page turner. Yeah, I, I guess the last thing that we really haven't talked about is uh, Scott's time in in Jordan. Well, yeah, I guess we we touched on the the gruesome interrogation scene. This is probably the best you know rage we see come out of Scott, and 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 I really only act set action piece you know if if you want to call it action in terms of the you know how he goes about going to the house, taking down the handler, drawing in Najib, and then obviously brutally drilling into his kneecaps yeah. with a drill. You know, what did you think about this scene? I think I liked it. And the cool interrogation, the actual physical stuff was, was good. Like the, the kneecap drilling and like, it was good. But my favorite part of the setup was how he drew Najib out to me. That's the kind of thriller that I love because Scott takes the, the mom, I think in the son or daughter hostage and he's threatening like he's going to hurt them. But all he's really trying to do is put pressure on Altal, the old man who is dying of cancer. Put pressure on him to say, bring in Najib, you know, who you're handling, who you gave this code name to. I think it was Suleiman, who I know, you know, that was the same code name, code name you used for someone I killed. So I know you're involved in this. Get Najib here. And the way they do it is. He convinces them to call Najib, and the wife says, Altal is dying. The old man's dying. You have to come pray with him one last time. And so I really liked kind of that, what would you call it? I guess it's like subterfuge. Spycraft. Yeah, Spycraft, subterfuge. And that draws him in, and that's when he gets him to interrogate. So I'm having a lot of fun with that. Almost like you're reading an old school spy novel there before we even get into the action stuff. But I would say you mentioned a, a set action piece. 
I think before the strange ending, Queretaro and Mexico might have been my favorite action. It's just too bad. It ended kind of abruptly and it ultimately didn't connect all that much. Right. I think the Altal interrogation is more action in sense of you're on the edge of your seat. You want the information. The pieces are starting to come together. But I thought in terms of action drama, the Mexico stuff was slightly gets the edge there in terms of the action when they're you know sneaking over the wall and he comes home and he's turning the key, doesn't hear the dogs barking. There's going to be a little shootout. Palmer or no, Finney jumps over the fence and saves his bacon, you know, in a fight. So I yeah, from the dogs, I I think I like that action a bit more. So what would you say is there's a lot of these different pieces. What's your favorite storyline that you're tracing, whether it's one for action or one for pure storytelling and mystery? What's like your favorite place or, or storyline? We should do places, too. We got to do traveling heavy, the travel guide here. So what's your favorite place we've been to and your favorite scene that's developing so far in the first half? Uh, my favorite scene is, is it's got to be how the plagues are going to be doled out going forward. You know, I'm, I'm digging the Roussard stuff. And I think maybe second is, you know, seeing Scott being more like a spy, you know, or, you know, going through this interrogation, this, you know, very procedural cop-like, you know, pathway, using, leveraging all of his friends, leveraging the troll um, to try to draw out and, and find information. So I, I'm, I really want to know how Juba and Scott connect that that's probably my my biggest question that, that i want to i want to know answered like immediately and my favorite place that we've been to it's it's probably valhalla you know going to colorado just yes the description of you know seeing the security the the area how the, you know these guys have everything down to a t the description of like when they go deep into where like people are actually doing work and like they have these customized like windows that are vr and i guess not, not not like virtual reality but like they can pick whatever scene they want you know it's all, the attention to detail there and just you know uh, I, I really enjoyed that yeah i think i'll agree loving the valhalla stuff in terms of character development and bringing us into scott harvath's world and so i love that i'm surprised you said the plague stuff the plague stuff isn't really landing for me just yet. I mean, uh, the ink on the eyes, uh, the the locusts and whatnot. I'm just like, I don't. It, it's like, what was the book? Was it Terminalist? I don't know if it was Jack Hart. There's one book. No, maybe it wasn't. I don't remember what it was, but there's like a rant. Oh, it was Chris Howdy. There's a yeah, Chris Howdy book yeah, yeah. where one of the characters is like some Catholic extremist and he like says the Lord's Prayer before he kills or something. And I'm just like, it didn't really fit. It was almost there to kind of make this deep message about spirituality and how it's a motivation for a character before an op. And it just like fell flat and you ultimately didn't need it at all. I almost feel that way about the plagues, unless Roussard and whoever else is doing this has some deep reason in their history for making it biblical. I don't necessarily know why we need the biblical themes to the attack. I mean, 
if Scott Harvath was set up as a person of the book, and so using this against him would completely demoralize him, not just in a personal family way, but on a spiritual way, I think that could be profound. But that has not been established. I mean, maybe you're trying to get at Islamic radicalism, you know, using, quote, our own playbook, the Judeo-Christian text as the playbook to get at you. But still, that that's not this universe. So right now where we are, I'd put the plague theme as a loser of the book if we're doing okay. winners, losers. Again, I'm hoping it pays off. I think it could end up being cool. But right now, I just I just feel like it's forced. No, am I off with that uh, reading? No, it's 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 personal opinion. I don't know. It's probably my um, I love the Dan Brown novels. So true, you know, true, it's, true. It's it's, yeah. it's that's coming out uh, out here, and I'm, I'm digging that it's in my you know combining the two genres I enjoy. Well, to to give it a winner before we sign off here, because I, I got to start reading part two here. There is a quote I have since I haven't done that very much today. And there were only two quotes that I jotted down while reading the first book. I would definitely give this one the winner of the first half. This kind of writing was phenomenal. And this one comes when Scott is comparing himself to Finney and Parker and the Valhalla boys. And he's kind of thinking, I don't want them super involved because while they're helpful and I appreciate everything, I can't have them be the ones to pull the trigger, you know, to get their hands dirty. It's not their fight, you know. They brought themselves into the fight as friends, as allies, but it's not their fight in the end. And so he's thinking about when I got to kill a guy, you know, and I'm going to go into Mexico and I'm going to do the dirty work. Like, I, I don't want them being super hands on. But when it comes to Scott, Brad writes, quote, that said, when it came time to do the deed, Harvath didn't often need a lot of convincing. He could tell just by looking at most people what kind of men or women they were. Maybe it was his Secret Service training. Maybe it was the years he'd spent in dangerous professions. But the bottom line was that having killed on numerous occasions, he recognized that ability in others instantly. The hard, implacable face, the ever-watchful eyes, and it was always there. A person familiar with killing wore it like a $100 haircut. It was unmistakable. Mm. Dude, I love that. Love that. That's a good one. And I think he uses that in Mexico to identify who are the guys with Palmera and then some of the the bad hombres down there. So a person familiar with killing wore it like a hundred dollar haircut. It was unmistakable. He could spot him. Yeah, no, I think he also uses it in Jordan with um, uses it in Jordan with with the bodyguard, knowing that yes. these guys you, you can just you can see it when someone has killed somebody and like you know, sort of tell that it's okay for me to to take this one out because yeah. I'm doing the world a justice. I feel like that's a Mitch Rapp quality right there too. So yeah, yeah. So just to just to wrap it up, uh, doing traveling heavy, we we go from Gitmo to DC, Falls Church, Colorado, the trolls in Brazil. Scott goes to Mexico, Coronado. Uh, he doesn't go to Colorado. Sorry, Rusar goes in, to Utah. Is in, yeah, Utah is where Park City is. Right, Colorado is where Valhalla is. Yep, and and Scott ends up going to Jordan and then back to to Maryland or you know, back to DC. So, yeah, I, I, we didn't talk about it, but the the islands in Ang Ang I can't say it, but in Brazil, I looked when 
I was reading about that. I looked them up. It'd be nice to have one of those little private islands down there. Yo, pretty nice spots. Yeah. Yo, that plus the Trolls House in the Scottish Highlands on that. Yeah. Uh, I guess I don't know if it's on the Highlands, but it's on a lake or on a river. It's an island. Uh, yeah. The Trolls got some nice setups. He's got some nice digs. I feel like uh, those are places Brad would want to stay, you know. Yeah. Yeah. A month or two vacation, bang out a couple of chapters for a book. I, I feel like Brad writes the places he's been or wants to go for sure. Definitely. Yeah, dude, I, I can't see us in the second half doing too much more traveling heavy. We, we've traveled heavy already. And thinking ahead to the scorecard, I know you like to give Brad some really good marks on the set pieces and the settings. You just listed a bunch of places. Outside of Valhalla, I don't know if any of them were truly and fully immersive as much as I'd mm. want it to be. Going to the Sargasso mining facility where they have the secret intelligence network in Valhalla, I loved. Queretaro, maybe I felt the, the grit of the, the, the Mexican streets. I don't know if I felt that way, you know, in Brazil yet or in Amman. It's kind of a quick scene there. Or even Charleston, this, co- this investigator who, who's following the cops around trying to find out why the body was moved from the morgue. I feel like we're going to too many places. We're almost scratching the surface as opposed to going deep. So, yeah, I don't know how I feel about the settings yet on this. I like Valhalla. I liked a little bit of Mexico. I still need an immersive experience going to one more place more fully that I hope we stay at for a little bit before I can say the setting on this one was was really top notch. Yeah, I, I would argue that you're right. We, but I guess the only one he really goes into depth about is the those islands in Brazil. Like that's the only location besides Valhalla that he actually takes a couple paragraphs to describe what these are. Yeah, that's you true. know the the seasons. But yeah, I would agree with you. Like he doesn't go in at all. Like San Diego, he doesn't he doesn't go into all really about like Jordan. This you know we're we're just there. You know, it's just like a, a title card in, in a movie. Like boom, we're there. And then move yeah. on to the, to the next spot. So, yeah, you know, while it is a lot of places, I wouldn't rate it as highly as, you know, like Lions, where we're going all over the place. But every right. place we go, we're getting a couple of paragraphs of to feel fully immersed yeah. in that scene and to appreciate, like, why we are here, you know. Yeah. So. The verisimilitude to throw out some big fancy academic words. But there you go. I'm not feeling it. Like GRE word for you. Yeah, there you go. I'm not feeling that yet. Most times I'm reading a Brad novel, verisimilitude, I'm there. I'm in it. It's almost like their universe is my universe for a little bit. Not quite there yet. So I don't want to make projections, but if we're thinking we've read five books, this is number six. To me, big things have to happen in the second half to put it into that top five or top four, maybe. I mean, nothing is worse than blowback. Path of the Assassin was mediocre at best. I feel like this one's middle of the pack, possibly. I think this is definitely better than those two. Yes. And then we have then we have to have to start having a discussion. But it's it's not it's not Lions. It's not a takedown yet. So it's we'll, not, we'll, it's we'll not. see we'll see how the second half goes. Does it does it turn more like a path, like a blowback, or does it just stay in the middle, or does it rise? You know, that's like that's a takedown. Yeah, yeah, like a takedown. It could crescendo and be freaking incredible in the last half we were vibing a little bit more on the first half we we had like a we we're like eh, where's this going but like we were still vibing because there was a lot of action there was a lot of action yeah this one not vibing as much 
and there's not a lot of action. So we got to see. We got to see what happens. Yep. Yep. All right, guys. Next time we'll be concluding our talk of First Commandment Part 2. Again, we need to thank our patrons, including our special operator, Sherry App, our special agents, Daryl, Kevin, George, Matt, Don, Dennis, Peggy, Catherine, Ray, Bridget, Jeff, Mark, and Rod. Please subscribe, rate, and review using your favorite podcasting platform. You can find us online at thrillerpod.com or on Twitter and Instagram at thrillerpodcast. And I, I got to do this one more time. In the words of Bullabob, keep doing what you're doing.